Welcome to Live Healthy Now with Nicola Mercer, a weekly show helping you get clear on the power of building sustainable, healthy habits to live the happy, strong life you are craving. It's time to stop waiting for happiness and burning yourself out trying to reach it. Each week we'll share insights into the world of health and well-being to help you learn which habits are the right ones for you without the overwhelm and confusion you feel right now. It's time to strip back and lay out the truth about why taking better care of yourself is the answer to the happy life you're striving so hard to create. Welcome to today's episode, which is one of four very special episodes we're bringing you in the month of June. During this month, we're focusing on all things menopause. We're bringing you four very special and different episodes to explore perimenopause, menopause, what this season of your life means, why it's so important to understand the changes that menopause may bring you and the things that you might not be quite expecting so that you're completely prepared and most importantly, you know why you should take care of your health in the run-up to perimenopause if you're not there right now, but also when you are in that season of your life because it does bring so much change that you need to better support yourself with so that you can continue to live a full and vibrant life beyond menopause. So whatever you're doing, enjoy, feedback, anything that you take away from the episode and as always would love you to share the episode with someone who you know would also enjoy and take something to help their health and life improve. Welcome to today's episode of Live Healthy Now, where we're going to be diving into all things menopause with our guest, Rebecca Catterall. So welcome, Rebecca. Thank you, Nicola. Lovely to be here. Yeah, it's great to see you. I know you're really excited about sharing your story of menopause. And I just want to yeah dive straight in and find out a bit about, you know, what your understanding and perception was of menopause before you you went into perimenopause which will come on to I had never really thought anything of it all I know is that all the women experience the menopause they get rather cranky they get really hot and they seem to drink a lot and the period stops which was like the only thing I was interested in so yeah my, my knowledge was really detailed and heavily researched <laughs> Yeah. And obviously that came from what you heard as you were being brought up. You know, did your mum ever talk about menopause and share things? Did you have, you know, other women in your family that you heard about it from? No, it was never something that's been really spoken about. We weren't a very kind of like open family in that kind of way, discussing those experiences. Um, my mum didn't go through the menopause. She had a hysterectomy. And I'm, I'm not too sure what I'm talking about. It's just not the done thing to talk about such things uh, I like to freak them out at the moment and mention if I'm on my period or something and I'm feeling a bit like bloated or something you can see the kind of like the the grins and sort of like, okay okay that's enough that's yeah yeah <laughs> and and what about as you were growing up do you remember anything at school about it you know when we when we have the girls talk about periods and puberty no I think that the only thing we had was like it was the cringy cucumber display 
Um, and then we had explanations about tampons and, and how mm-hmm. to do it. I mean, back in my day, I think the sanitary pads were still with a giant belts on that you had to wear. There was, I can't remember at any point in my life being told what will happen at a later stage. Mm-hmm. It was just, you're going to have periods, this is it, get ready, you're going to ovulate. I don't think we were properly educated about ov- ovulation or cycles or anything. It's just, you're going to have a period. That's... Just be careful. That's the rest of your life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> until, until another difficult part comes when you won't have periods anymore yeah. and then it's going to be scary. I just presumed there's like a magic switch where one day, magically, your body turned everything off, shut the doors and said, right, no more periods now. And mm. you lived happily ever after, after a bit of grumpiness. Yeah. So do you mind if I ask you how old you are, Rebecca? I do not mind at all. I'm 48 now. Yeah. And I am embarrassed about how little I knew about what happens to women's bodies as they age. Mm. I am heavily researching it now. Right. So then tell us why you're researching it. Like, what changed for you? You know, when did you start to have to think about menopause? I would say it started about five years ago really noticed three years ago five years ago we'd been on holiday we'd gone sailing um and my periods are pretty regular but really heavy and they were sometimes I was having them twice a month and I was just whinging to the girls on this sailing holiday and they're all in the NHS they're all uh, practice managers nurses and I'm not saying they laughed at me but they're all 10 years or so older than me. And they just looked at me, all looked at each other and nodded. Oh, yeah, that'll be perimenopause. What? What, what is this? What are you talking about? I've, I've not heard of perimenopause. It wasn't as um, readily talked about five years ago as it is now. And then I, I go down rabbit holes. If you tell me something, I will be researching it on like every platform possible. So I was on a boat in the middle of Greece, so to see, <laughs> trying to get signal to Google perimenopause. Um, and then it fit. So then it was the fun of trying to get the GPs and everything when I got home and, and trying to get any further mm. after that. But yeah, that was mm. the first I'd heard of perimenopause. I didn't realise that it was a before menopause state. Yeah. And, and you're right. I was exactly the same. I'm 47 and, you know, I've only been in this space like two years. And I think it's probably only in, really, in that last two years that I've heard about it, you know, or heard about it in a way that made me think, oh, I want to know more about this. Even as I was starting to build my business, I remember going to a free workshop on menopause and and hearing about it. And that was the first real I guess like insight I'd had to exactly what it was and I certainly hadn't known that this was something that could be a part of your life for years before the actual menopause um so what kind of symptoms like did you have and have they changed like yeah tell us a little bit about that journey for you yeah this is where I feel like I'm cheating a bit because a lot of the symptoms I see as regular Apart from brain fog, I don't seem to get... My periods are still really regular. Mm-hmm. Now and again, my body likes to trick me by missing one month. I think it's happened twice. Or by having two periods in a month. But my main symptom is brain fog. 
And then I get all these tiny little symptoms I didn't know were anything to do with menopause. I get tinnitus now and again, trouble yeah. with my sleeping, hair loss, um, joint pain. I didn't know it was a menopause thing. I just figured it was biscuits, COVID, weight gain. <laughs> but um, I am now a little bit more suspicious. Um, yeah, the hair loss was not fun. Mm. In, I'm really struggling with sleep at the moment, but I don't have night sweats. I don't really do hot flushes mm-hmm. and I just, I don't know if I'd rather have the common symptoms or the weird little ones that you see at the bottom of the list. Um, yeah, I just... Yeah. I just mm. the, there's so many symptoms now and so much of what you've said, like I didn't know about either. So even um, for me in September last year, I started to get severe tinnitus in one ear and I remember when it came on, but I'd had a really bad cold and, and very nasally. So I just thought it was that. But when it hadn't gone after a couple of weeks and I was starting to go insane because of not being able to sleep yeah. with the noise, I went to see the doctor and I got referred and I had some tests done and there's basically nothing wrong. And it was only by some of the work I'm doing to prepare for the program I'm bringing out this month that I realised tinnitus is one of the symptoms that women can get because of menopause and it's all linked to the fall in oestrogen that we have and how oestrogen is a receptor like on every cell in our body and so when we are losing oestrogen it can affect so many things. Hair loss, oh my god I am so with you on hair loss. My hair, I'm surprised I've got any hair left and the frizz, I've got so much hair growth or snapped hair it's just literally personal. and in the last three months it's gone it's just changed completely my hair texture has completely changed the last few years and that was something that I wasn't ready for at all <laughs> I have got really thick hair and it's coarse thick hair and I've always had it really it's really been nice and curly without any effort um I could style it I knew what shampoos it liked and now it's just like, no, we, we like that last month, but we don't like that shampoo anymore. <laughs> I just like, you're really doing my head in now. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm lucky I don't have like the spot outbreaks, but I think, oh, bloating. Oh, my goodness me, bloating. What an enjoyable pastime that one is. It's um, I, IBS kind of things. I've gone from, I've always been a pear-shaped, and I think this is one of the most soul-destroying parts for me is I've now, I'm just bloated all the time. Any weight is now going on in my middle, which leads to further health implications. Mm. Um, it seems harder to get rid of it. My my body hates me. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> but yeah, the bloating is, for someone that's always dressed a certain way, like I know what suits me as a pear-shaped. I'm tall. I'm always happy and confident enough with my looks, but this pear-shaped, this round body i don't know how to dress it or anything anymore i'm just like maybe i won't buy new clothes for the next five years until it stops oh so there's a couple of things i want to dive into there but first i want to ask about the doctors because you mentioned when you came back off that sailing trip in greece when you first started Mm. hearing and looking into menopause (laughs) uh, or perimenopause yeah did you go to the gp and what happened then you know did they help you in any way bless Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so I was 43 and they were just not interested really. It's it's a very nice little practice. It's a small village practice. 
I think there's only one doctor there, two locums. Um, but they're not geared up the way some of the big practices are that have these um, nurses just for menopause and so on. And because I was under 45, they were just like, oh, well, we'll, we'll do a blood test, we'll do this, that and the other, but they, weren't, they just weren't going to do anything. And then I'm one of these annoying people. I went away and read the WHO guidelines for <laughs> testing menopause. I am the person that reads the small print on anything you give me to sign. Mm. <laughs> I will go through it. So I went back to them and I'm like, right, I've read the WHO guidelines and the WHO guidelines state blah, 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 blah. And you shouldn't be doing blood tests um, to monitor it in this way and looking at my symptoms. And I've monitored them for so long. Um, and it just went back and forth. Um, and I gave up for a little bit because I, I had other things going on. It was just trying to get into the doctors was fun. But at 45, I went back and I'm like, right, these are the things. I want to see someone about it. And I got to see the advanced practitioner nurse. And I told her about the bloating. I told her about the sleepiness. I told her about the um, the headaches, the brain fog. I'm really data and um, fact orientated. Mm -hmm. It's my my whole work. It's what I'm paid for by my client to be. And I can't remember the word for, well, anything at the moment. I literally, I'm just sat here sometimes thinking, I was flip chart the other week. I can't remember the word for a flip chart. And yeah. I was, um, so I said to them, I need something. I need, oh, well, why don't we give you something for the IBS? We'll give you this, this and this. And then we'll give you something else for that. And we'll give you this and this. Oh, but you can't have that because of this and that. Like, how about instead, no, I don't want to treat five different ailments. I don't want all these different medications. I want you to give me something for the menopause. I want HRT. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, but if we just try, no. And it, it's, it led, I had to put my foot down and tell them what I wanted. Um, And I've always been brought up that the doctors know what they're doing. So I felt rude, but I also think I'm in a position of privilege to have the confidence to do that with mm. someone. And in the end, they agreed to the HRT and then they wanted to take me tablets. And again, I'd already researched that. I looked on the manufacturer's website and it tells you not to enter this certain area if you're not a trained medical professional. I said, yes, of course, I'm a trained medical <laughs> professional. And I went and read the evidence about um, the tablets and how they were for women that live in deprived areas that suffer from certain health conditions due to their um, lower income lifestyles. Tablets are one of the worst things they could be given because it's got higher um, implications health-wise. So I'm like, okay. I'm, I'm overweight. Um, I'm not too much into the body mass index, but if that's what the NHS is going off and prescribing, mm. I really shouldn't be on tablets. So I put my foot down and said I want the patches. Mm -hmm. And that was it three years ago, and now I'm pushing to get things reassessed because I've been on patches for well nearly two years now, but they haven't ever called me back and asked me how they're going. So I don't know. I've still got brain fog. Mm. I've still got all this sort of thing. I'm stuck in mm -hmm. a patch twice a day, and, twice a week. And, and the estrogen patches, the predominantly estrogen ones, I think they probably will mm. be. I think they are, yeah. There's a mm. Comte. There are two. There's one I put on, um, mm. two different ones, and they, they go on um, twice a week. Right. And mm. um, they mess it up mm. every every month when I order them. Mm -hmm. so I think yeah I mean you 
as you say, you were someone who was prepared to challenge the doctor, but mm. women of our generation were brought up to be very respectful to hierarchy and bureaucracy. And yeah. doctors are people who, you know, so for many of us, that's something that would be very much out of our comfort zone. You know, and I've I've listened to um, Dr. Louise Newson. She's someone who I've yeah. done a lot of research with in a book. And I've spoke to some um, local doctors and nurses where I live to get some insights as well. And she talks a lot about women like you who go to visit their surgery, see a GP or nurse. And then they end up with the whole raft of prescriptions for depression or anxiety, IBS, sleep, you know, joint pain, whatever else it may be, you know, that they're struggling with. And they're treating all of these symptoms individually and not putting together like you were able to do and then tell that back to the the trained medical person that you know actually this is all menopausal and I don't need to treat them because if I help the symptoms by replacing the hormone I've lost that's causing them to happen then they're going to reverse or you know reduce and and not be as problematic as they are now and some women have ended up I've heard a, a couple of women talk about like horror stories of there was one woman she she literally one day was going to take her own life she packed a shopping bag with all the pills and it was only because her daughter found out what she was doing that she she took her mum to the GP and said you know it had been many years where she'd ended up on such strong medication for pain for psychosis for things that you know, she believed were really wrong with her. And actually, it was all because she'd not, you know, reduced her, um, the estrogen, progesterone and possibly testosterone as well. So it's scary, isn't it? And it's great that you equipped yourself with the yeah, knowledge. I, I do feel, I don't want to start waving flags, but I do feel a lot that if it was men that suffered with these kind of symptoms mm. or these ailments at certain mm. periods of their life, the services and investment in services would be so different. Yeah. Uh, I think women are meant to just suck it up and get on with it. So there's so much I've heard about that. And Louise Newsom does say exactly that. She's a doctor. She's running this huge, you know, menopause clinic and charity now. And she's part of the government advisory board. And, And she is of the same belief you know that if this were for men then it would be different and not just for menopause Mm. but in general there's very little investment in data around women's health which is why women are now dying twice as many women die of dementia than men women dying um from heart disease twice as many as as um with breast cancer so you know if there was more research into women specifically and their health because a lot of what she's starting to find through research and some other scientists are that some of these diseases are as an impact of the reduction in our hormones that happen from mm-hmm. menopause. Um, and there's a lot of data now proving that when you take HRT and you replace those lost hormones, that you are massively reducing your risk of dementia, heart disease, other cardiovascular diseases, diabetes which is I'm not medically trained this is all just what I've learned like you know yourself and and from what I've been exposed to but yeah it's there's there's definitely um a a kind of divide as well in kind of a almost a postcode lottery depending where you live that your surgery might be very well 
informed, other surgeries are not. You know, I know from speaking to people in my area um, and someone who was a GP, you know, have said it's it's really, really difficult because a lot of the directives within the NHS are still towards not prescribing menopause and not not doing it for women under 50. Some surgeries, it's under 45. And, and so it is a bit of a kind of case of luck as to where you go to. And if someone doesn't know this and also, more importantly, doesn't even know the basics of what symptoms might be related to menopause. They could be, you know, really thinking there's something seriously wrong or something else wrong that needs a different course of treatment, which isn't what their body really needs. And so it's it's potentially causing other damage, isn't it? And oh, stress yes. with it. Yeah. So I hear what you're saying and I've heard this a lot from other people as well. Um, And then on the flip side of that, what I've also heard is because of the what they're calling the Davina effect with that Davina McCall series is that um, doctors are also resistant because they're like, oh, they just want to look like Davina thin and, you know, with a six pack at 50 or whatever. And, you know, everyone wants bloody HRT now so that, you know, they're all demanding it because Davina's told them to come and get it. And so there's actually doctors who are pushing back as well on that because that's what they're seeing a lot of is women over 40 coming yeah. and going, but I want HRT. I know I can get HRT. I'm going to have nice skin and better hair and look great. And, you know, and, and a lot of yeah. them have obviously got genuine symptoms symptoms to go with that as well um yeah it's interesting is it a couple of things you'd said just before there were about um you know oh I've got what it was now that's my perimenopause brain when you said about forgetting the words I'm exactly the same um yeah when you were saying about your change in body and in the way you feel in yourself and some of the challenges there like has it impacted your feeling of confidence and self-worth yes to the point um like I put weight on differently now I have I am I have got at least four stone to lose now I'm the heaviest I have ever been I'm trying to walk more I'm trying to do more and it's want to walk more but then I've got plantar fasciitis so it, it really hurts my um feet and ankles mm-hmm. after a while and then I get I've got something wrong with my back I went for physio and it's just like whatever I want to try and do to make things better I'm struggling um food wise I love salads I love vegetables I love fruit I love cooking I don't mind if I have meat or not I'm not fussed um I just seem like no matter what I do, this I'm not seeing improvements and I don't like the body. I do not look at myself in the mirror anymore, especially if I'm naked. Mm. Um, I don't live with my partner, but I, I have really gone off sex and it's more because I just can't bear the thought of seeing myself naked or anything. It just I feel so sorry for him. He is so supportive. And trying to be understanding. I don't think he understands the menopause properly. Mm. And I always want to make sure he understands it's not a rejection of him. I just feel so uncomfortable sexually, um, physically, with the weight I'm carrying at the moment. And I worry that how it's going to play out in the future if I Mm. can't see a change. I'm trying to be more accepting of the size I am now. I've gone up from a 16 to a 20 in three years. Mm -hmm. And... um, so I I have seeded. I have bought a size twenty pair of trousers. 
um, and trying to make myself just like, right, this is the size we are at the mm. moment. Let's just get a couple of pieces so that we at least feel better when we're going out because otherwise I want to be in a yashmak, maybe black. <laughs> with, um, yeah, I, I don't want... I just do not feel anywhere near my old mm. self, which affects my confidence. I have depression on and off. It's been quite bad um, since last August, and it's it got to its worst in January. Mm. Um, and I think a lot of it is menopause-related ailments and the impact of it on myself mentally and physically. Yeah. And do you feel as though these changes that have happened physically and mentally, you know, haven't haven't been as a result of you changing other things in how your lifestyle is, that it is linked to these perimenopausal symptoms and changes? I do find it difficult to try and pinpoint them all, but it's kind of like I'm very depressed. Now, is that depressed because I'm of a menopausal thing or is it something else? Or is it mm. that they're kind of like so entwined or the menopause... And like hormone levels and so on, so entwined with my mental well-being. Mm-hmm. I don't, I couldn't tell you where one begins and the one sort of starts or ends. Um, but I do feel as a correlation of things having got worse. Um, so it's like my hairline receding, my eyebrows thinning. Mm. That all affects women, especially when, with your your appearance. I can cover up spots. I can do, you know, certain things. I'm not bothered about the greys. They, they're happy to grow out. But when I start receding here and when my eyebrows start to get really thin and there's patches and stuff, um, yeah, it just it's, it gives you that another knock. So it's not just like one thing you have to deal with. Mm-hmm. It's It's something else that you have to sort of look in the mirror at every day and see. And try and make yourself feel better about. Yeah. I forgot what the question was now. <laughs> no, yeah, it was just that, you know, asking whether what you're struggling with and experiencing you think is because of the menopause and not because of, you know, other changes that have perhaps negatively impacted your habits and lifestyle. I think if it weren't for the menopause, I would be able to cope with things a lot better. I don't think um, there are other things. I think the menopause is currently the root Mm. of my problems. I don't feel confident about what balance I have with my hormones. I've still got really bad brain fog. I've still got all these other symptoms. I feel like, yes, I'm taking a patch, but for all I know, it could be the lowest dose going and it's of minimal impact, if any. Yeah. So, so um, obviously, I can't advise you. We'll have a little chat off. Air. <laughs> I'm <Yeah>. not medically <laughs> trained or advised, but from what I know, and and this is to anyone listening who's struggling with this, it is a um, a journey with HRT. It's an it's a case of try trial, you know, tweak, see how that works, and tracking. Has it improved anything? Has it not? And if mm. it hasn't, it's not doing any damage by taking it, but you will need adjustments. So it may be that what you are being given on the patch isn't high enough, as you say, or isn't a combination of the right hormones. So I know that testosterone isn't um, 
license to be prescribed generally in this country I think that's the term but it can be prescribed and they are really pushing to have it prescribed I'm sure it's in Australia where it's just part of HRT treatment yeah yeah because testosterone's the thing that can really impact the brain fog, your memory retention, your sex drive. It Because a lot of women don't realise that we have testosterone. They think it's a male mm. hormone. It's and just a different it, balance. Yeah, it's exactly. And, and we have it and we need it for things. And it does actually like really help with our energy levels, with being able to move out and um, work out. Sorry. So, yeah, it may be that you need a tweak. And what I have heard as well is that the patches are not effective for everyone because of the way you're skin like it attaches with the patch and yeah. absorbs the hormones in so the gels can be much better for some people again the gels might not suit mm. everyone or there's, there's different types of gels so I think the fact that you you know they haven't took you in when you went and, and explained everything and, and got the HRT to go let's review in three months let's review in six months or however long it's just there you go, off you go. And again, it's then the onus is with... on you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. isn't it? Uh-huh. And, and I think something else I want to call out, which I know through June I am bringing all of these menopause chats and, and to the podcast, so there's probably going to be a bit of repetition, but, you know, menopause and perimenopause isn't, doesn't happen when you've stopped your periods or you have a regular period menopause itself is the day 12 months after your last period but going through as we like to term it going through menopause is really the perimenopause yeah and your periods can be very regular mine are, are regular I've tracked my periods for I think the last 15 years my periods are 29 to 31 days every month but I know how much I've changed over the past six months and some very, very specific things that have started to happen and things I can pinpoint into my cycle that I've never had before, which, you know, is hard. And I, and that's the other thing, actually, I wanted to pick up on, Rebecca, from what you were saying before, was all of these things that we're talking about, most of them anyway, are very general and can be associated to so much of your life. It could just be, well, I've got a busy, stressful job or I've got a family to take care of or I'm just not happy with who I am or I'm struggling with money or I'm just knackered all you know whatever it might Mm. be like well that's why I'm depressed that's why I've got brain fog that's why I'm losing hair that's why you know I'm I'm not sleeping well and that's been why so many women have put up and shut up for years and years because they've just thought well I'm only menopausal when I've got no periods anymore yeah and this is this is just life. This is just hard life. And I'm a woman, and I've got to just crack on and do everything, isn't it? I am really open, and I talk to everybody about perimenopause. I talk to everybody I bump into in this supermarket. My partner just laughs at me now for just yeah. talking to strangers keep, all the time. Keep cheering for the cause. <laughs> but I will. I have heard so many women say, "I can't be menopausal or perimenopausal because I still have my periods," and mm. I'm just like, "Oh, sweetie." but we don't know that's the thing isn't it yeah there's no the the only only thing I ever remember as a child is that the menopause is hell puberty is hell and you're going to go through it all again when you're older and then when at least your periods stop at the end of it and hot flushes 
and and that's what you mm-hmm. hear but a lot of women actually don't even have hot flushes so yeah it's so difficult and this is why I want to raise awareness but also one of the things you said was about you know like taking charge of how you feel and you touched a couple of times on protecting your health for the longer term you know that you want to take care of yourself to not put yourself at risk of illness or disease and this is a huge part of the program I'm bringing out and and what I want people to learn and realize you know the need to take control of with the health is that menopause doesn't stop once once you've had that 12 month gap and that's it and it's like phew that's it I've been through the menopause it's done there's no other side there isn't there isn't other side of the fence and a finish line because you're menopausal without those hormones for the rest of your life you're then classed as post-menopausal um and not and that risk puts you at risk of so many of those things I've mentioned earlier and so it's great that you have that awareness and that's what we need women to to learn now isn't it is one perimenopause is going to happen to everyone who has been born as a female and at the moment we're half of the population in the world so half of us are going to experience this you need to know what it is what it's going to feel like to recognise it for you when it's happening and know how to be prepared for that. So whether you're perimenopausal now or not, the the more healthier you are and the more awareness you've got about the lifestyle choices and habits you can have to help yourself through this season of your life to then, you know, build them in for the rest of your life to be a strong, healthy woman, you know, the better you will navigate all of the these changes and I think it's been able to advocate for yourself as well yeah it's knowing all of that and being able to sort of verbalize or express to somebody else who's supposed to be prescribing you stuff or finding you help this is what I want I think yeah so many of us are just so Mm -hmm. used to just it's like period pain we just get used to it it's just how it is it's just how it is we'll just put up with it it's like, oh, not anymore. I think the women are rising. <laughs> yes, we are. And we are sharing that knowledge. So thanks, Rebecca, for sharing. Because I know you've been really vulnerable and shared how it's affecting you. And I just literally champion you to get back to the doctors, to tell them that, you know, you've waited a couple of years and it hasn't really improved and you definitely need to have some adjustment made yeah and I think it's yeah. it's getting that energy back to do it again because it's that fight of having to sort mm. of insist on things when I spoke to the advanced practitioner nurse she did not seem to know what was available for me mm-hmm. so it's like again I feel like I'm gonna have to go and do all this research yeah. and then take it to her they were telling me to get the coil the marina coil and I said well that's fine but I'm quite sure of as a woman approaching 50 um who's not looking for uh, birth protection i am probably mm. not really going to be high on that waiting list <laughs> yeah to have that. i've heard that as well from someone else but that that again isn't fixing what mm. your reduction in hormones because of perimenopause is doing i think they try to do it as a way to stop your periods so that you're not having that and that you know challenge in your yeah. monthly cycle but yeah it's... I'm wary of that I've I've had the um, injection previously and I basically just had a period for three months so I'm really wary yeah. <laughs> of some of these things 
I, I was told not that I couldn't have the coil unless I was prepared to give it at least six months and that for those six months I could bleed every day because the okay. mini pill I'd been on, I bled, I think, for seven weeks constantly and it was awful. Mm. It was You might have a day where you didn't and then you think, phew, and then suddenly you're somewhere and you're like, oh my God, I'm bleeding again. Yeah. And so she basically said, and this was a female doctor, she said, well, it doesn't sound like you're able to cope very well, so you won't cope with the coil because you're going to have to give it at least six months. And if you bleed every day for six months, we won't take it out. So my recommendation is not to have it because it sounds like your body reacts with those hormones and forces you to have menstrual bleeding. So, yeah. That sounded uh, really sympathetic and empathetic. That sounded just like someone <laughs> I wanted to be. <laughs> yeah, and th- this was quite a, a number of years ago. Um, yeah. But... This, you know, I don't want people listening to be scared because of your experience, because it's, it is difficult for us right now, because as we're saying, things haven't shifted, but we've got to be part of helping that change to happen. As you say, we've got to help, you know, make those shifts forward where we are demanding of doctors to, to boost their knowledge. And I know from what I've heard and, and learned and it's very open out there in public arenas now that most doctors don't learn anything as as a, a medical student and then a junior doctor. You know, GPs are general practitioners and most yeah. of them have had maybe an hour training on menopause, also maybe an hour training on sleep. In You know, they learn so much about biology <laughs> and physiology, but not about yeah. the actual things that we experience. So, you know, it's not their fault. It's that they're part of um, a system that 20 years ago decided HRT was extremely harmful for women because they'd been misinformed. That data has been yep. proven to be completely wrong and inaccurate and has led to so many challenges with women's health and disease and where we are now trying to reverse all of that. So I believe it's happening. I do really believe there's a lot of... yeah lot of positivity isn't there with doctors and scientists now we've had some good things as well with the cost of hrt with the new certificate that's come out and i do feel like the some of the gps and services struggle so much because the state the nhs itself is in but i think the more we can educate and inform ourselves and each other as women Mm -hmm. the more we can sort of find services that will help us and can help us and uh, we just yeah I think being open and talking about this stuff more instead of shying away from the topic of women's bodily functions and health and everything it's a case of like yeah let's just help each other out and just absolutely yeah and we need to open these conversations as, as we started with you know we we were hidden away from this as children and we've been brought up, you know, even to be embarrassed about saying you're on your period, you know, to mm-hmm. someone that, you know, at work and, you know, especially males. But we've got to normalise this because it is just part of life, isn't it? Yeah, you're trying to slide off to the toilet in a workplace with a sort of towel tucked, you know, yeah. <laughs> running off. Oh. So that, yeah. Yeah, oh. and then and then women are embarrassed when they're menopausal because there's there's a lot of shame attached to it, you know. Again, because we think we've just got to crack on and cope with it. I think I know some of my friends um, suffered with it mentally because they saw it as the end of their um, like the, the fertility and so on. They didn't want more children, but now the choice has been taken away from them. 
Mm. And it's like I now feel like an old woman. You know, I'm, I'm old. My periods are stopping. I'm, and it's it's a massive mental thing for some some people to be moving from that stage of the life where um, I'm looking. I, I don't know if my brain's skipped it or just blocked it or is in denial, but I just that doesn't bother me. I'm just like I'm ready. Bring it on. Make the periods yeah. go away. <laughs> yeah, and I I don't think. It's necessarily just the fertility piece. I think it's the the perception we've been given that it's the mm. beginning of the end, and and that's the crow part. Yeah, that's a piece of the program I've brought out. Is that you know, even if you have no symptoms, it's still important for you to know what's happening to your body because there can be a lot of mental consequences because you see yourself as shifting into old age. Mm. And so there's a lot of self-acceptance, the word you use there, that you need to support yourself on. And so, yes, there's all of the physiological things and the practical things that we need to be aware of to support ourselves from future ill health, but also to, you know, support ourselves and be compassionate and know that, this doesn't mean the end and that we we are still, you know, women with vitality and vibrancy and we can live a yeah. great life. And that's what I'm trying to help people do. But at the same time, you know, signpost them if they do need that extra support. So I will make sure all of the notes contain links to the Balance app, which I, I recommend any woman signing up to and tracking. It's totally free. It's through Dr. Louise Noble. I'll link to her and Newson, sorry, I'll link to her as well. Um, and she has a great podcast. Some of it might be too, you know, sciencey and medical for some people, but there's a lot of, you know, valuable information for free on her website and through the app as well. Lots of support, I think, with community groups that I've certainly mm-hmm. found to be valuable. The app is brilliant. The balance mm-hmm. app is really easy to use as well. It's just very intuitive. Yeah. I like that one. Yeah. And, and as you said, when you went to your doctor the very first time, you, you, you could give them exactly what was happening to you. And again, when you went back and that's what the balance app is trying to help women do is to be armed with information because you get a GP appointment for 10 minutes. You're supposed to be going with one problem. But if you've got all of you know the symptoms we've talked about that's 10 15 maybe 20 yeah. things the doctor is going to be no, no one thing at a time whereas if you go and say i've been tracking my symptoms i have multiple symptoms and i'm pretty sure they're all part of perimenopause i've been tracking them for x amount of time using this app these are some of the things and i want to be treated as menopausal not individually trying to see where these things might yeah. be coming from that that is like you say that's advocating for yourself having that awareness and yes we shouldn't have to be the person with power when we go to see a doctor but for us as women right now that's what we need to do and gradually we'll start to shift that and and they'll build better awareness and, and support within their practices and treatment offers so and yeah, not being it... scared of saying no to what um, is suggested yeah. or demanding more. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Because I'm sure many of us, whether for ourselves or people in our family, we've got stories of, you know, having come out of a doctor with something that we weren't comfortable with at the time. Mm. Um, yeah. So definitely speak up for yourself, even if it's like 
talking to the headmaster and you think you're going to get wrong just say actually no that's not the course of action that I want I'm, I'm looking for HRT or to know for sure you know that this is um this is what's happening to me yeah I've practiced that I'm a people pleaser so I really don't like confrontation and I want right. everybody to be happy with me so um I I do work with clients and it's it's about sticky situations so I now practice ways saying no or standing up for myself <laughs> and I have to repeat them before I know I'm having a tricky conversation I just have to turn them over in my head again and again so that I don't simper oh, yes okay I don't mind that yes sorry okay yes <laughs> oh. so I'm like, actually no that doesn't work for me oh oh you're fantastic Rebecca I hope you've given people you know food for thought and inspiration because you can hear it's not easy right now it hasn't been easy but you've you know, really embrace trying to give yourself as much support and compassion as possible. So, yeah, yeah I wish you, not luck, but I wish you, you know, success. strength. Yes, and success when you go and, you know, visit again to review your treatment. Because I, I, I think it certainly sounds as though there's a change of HRT prescription needed and hopefully you can do a bit of tweaking and trialing and get some improvement on your symptoms so what would you give to someone like just you know one tip for someone who may be coming into this season of their life and is starting like you and I were right at the very beginning I think it's definitely to to keep a log to keep a diary at first I didn't the tinnitus and all these other things I didn't know they were something that could happen I have had the weirdest things I had burning mouth I didn't know that burning mouth was a thing. I certainly didn't realise it was a menopause symptom. I basically, I googled uh, menopause symptoms. I found a few websites of lists and I looked through them and I started making note of what I was experiencing that was new. And once I was had that information, I just kept a log of the things I was going. And was it like around my period, during the period, in mm. between? What else was going on? And I think that helped massively when I went to the doctors because I was like ready like there's no way you're doing this it's definitely it's that or just be kind to yourself just mm. yeah we have to be nicer to ourselves the the voice we use for ourselves in our heads has to be better it has to be a gentle guiding hand not a, yeah just be nice, nice yeah. to yourself. well I'm all about that yes that is a huge part of well-being and health that most people never give a thought to you know they blast the gym they make healthy food and then they wonder why they mm. still feel like crap because they talk to themselves like crap basically you know we're very good at beating ourselves up day in day out for all the things we think we're not and and you know not worthy of so yeah if if you know you're that person then this time in your life it's time to be nice and, and enjoy what you mm. have left really isn't it make the most of it and yeah they just need to come and find either of us online and we'll say nice things to <laughs> yeah. them and and we'll just blot out all the mean things they say to themselves we'll give yeah. them nice things oh so on that rebecca yeah you know rebecca 
and I connected through something to do with entrepreneurship. So she runs her own business and interestingly, she is or has a background in operations and, and supports people with that now. And that, I guess, helped you to be able to build a tracker and be armed with information a bit like me. That's my background. I like process. So, yeah, let people know if they want to connect with you and find out more, Rebecca, where they can do that. Yeah, the best place to do it really is come and stalk me on Instagram. My, It's really simple. It's just at the Catterall. I am on it all the time, mainly looking at decorating and food, <laughs> sometimes pretending to do some work. Um, but yeah, I, I geek out on strategy, strategy and operations mm. and spreadsheets. I'm getting excited just thinking about them. Oh, that's me. We're so alike. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> I was the spreadsheet queen when I was at Nike, yeah. <laughs> oh, they're just... I tried explaining conditional formatting to my partner the other day when we made spreadsheets go different colours and he just looked at me and wonder, I know he wonders sometimes, why am I with this woman? Oh, why? Bless. What did I do? Maybe but, you need um, to create a menopausal symptom spreadsheet. I bet you've got it. I bet you have. <laughs> it's a Trello thing. Okay. <laughs> that, for anyone that doesn't know, that's an advanced version of Excel, kind of. Yeah. Oh, that's brilliant. No, thank you very much for having me today. It's been really nice oh. to talk to someone and whinge about all my health conditions. <laughs> I've really enjoyed it. And I, this is what I wanted us to do, was just have a, a very normal girl-to-girl chat and expose what you're struggling with and feeling so that other people mm. can associate with it and, and help themselves ultimately. So I really appreciate it. Thank you, Rebecca. Oh, thank you very much. Today's episode is part of our June campaign on raising awareness of menopause and why it's so important to have full understanding of what menopause is and the changes it can bring to your life. We're also launching a brand new programme which we're really excited about called From Pause to Play, which helps you to get in control of your health and your life so that you can power through perimenopause and beyond and live that full, vibrant life that you deserve to live. If you'd like to find out more about the programme, check out our website, lifenow.uk. Thank you so much for listening. If you've enjoyed our podcast, please remember to hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. It would be really appreciated if you could leave a rating and review so other people can find us and build their own healthy, happy life. You can follow Life Now Coaching on all social media platforms and visit our website at lifenow.uk. Links are in the show description. I hope you enjoyed today's conversation and can't wait to see you again next week for more tips on living healthy and happy right now. Take care.